Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports and business to history. And today we bring you the story of Colonel Harry Stewart. Harry is one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen and fought in the skies over Europe to bring an end to the war and a victory to the United States. Harry, I'd like to start out by asking you about your early life. Okay, I was born in uh, Newport News, Virginia, on July 4th of uh, 1924. I was born to uh, Florence Bright, who was a uh, native of Gloucester County, Virginia, and Harry T. Stewart Sr., which was a native of... uh, Newport News, Virginia. We moved uh, after I was two years old to uh, New York City, but uh, before that, uh, let me mention about uh, living in Virginia. We lived not too far from uh, Langley Field, which was a, a big military airfield at the time there, and my parents would put me out in my crib and uh, 
the plane is flying over. Evidently, they attracted me very much because my parents would tell me how I would coo at the aeroplanes. But uh, anyway, that was followed up by a move to the uh, borough of Queens in New York City. Uh, we lived about a mile or a mile and a half from an uh, airport by the name of uh, North Beach Airport. Uh, in 1939, they changed the name of that airport to LaGuardia Airport, which uh, everyone knows pretty well. That's about where I started. I guess my uh, yen for aviation was those two fields there being near uh, Langley Field, Virginia, and in uh, LaGuardia Airport in uh, New York. So it was almost in your blood and in your bones. Yeah, in my blood and bones, and I guess you would use the word, uh, uh, the 25-cent word, inculcated, you know, in me, you know. Yep, and I love that 25-cent word. Let's talk about your your childhood and the, your high school library experience in New York City, because it turns out it's in your bones, but something happens in New York City that puts it in your mind. Talk about that. It was in the 30s there, I'm thinking about, where uh, aviation was quite a new thing uh, as far as the uh, traction and the adventure was concerned there. A lot was happening at that time with aviation. And, of course, I saw things like people don't see today, the great giant dirigibles flying over New York like the Akron and the Shenandoah and, uh, of course, the Von Hindenburg. I saw that when it flew over New York on a couple of occasions. And, of course, I lived in New York when it had its uh, tragic end in Lakehurst by uh, uh, by bursting into flames. But, uh, anyway, that was my attraction to aviation at the time there. And with World War coming along, uh, World War II, uh, the clouds in the sky of World War II, uh, there was the uh, draft that was taking place. And, of course, they were drafting uh, uh, all able-bodied men between the ages of 18 and 25. Of course, I was still a teenager, maybe 15 or 16 or 17. But uh, I thought of the draft as I got to be about 17 years old and uh, I was thinking about uh, volunteering for the Air Corps when I found out that uh, African Americans were not accepted uh, for training as pilot. Uh, while I was in high school at the time, I was in uh, uh, in the library period, and I picked up a copy of uh, Popular Science uh, magazine, and there was an article mentioned in there that the uh, Air Corps had decided that it would permit Negroes to take training as uh, aircraft pilots and that they were going to f- form a uh, field or a squadron uh, of these pilots down in Tuskegee, Alabama. So I immediately went, I was 17, I guess, at the time, I immediately went to the uh, draft board and uh, took the examination to uh, become a uh, cadet there, and I passed the examination. And, of course, uh, after I reached 18, I was called into the service and sent down to uh, Tuskegee, Alabama, to begin my training. And that was the 99th Pursuit Squadron that we're talking about. Now, you take this train ride down to the south, and it's not like all things race were perfect in New York, because they weren't. 
Uh, but the train ride down south was eye-opening for a teenager. Talk about that crossing of the Mason-Dixon line and what you experienced. Well, that's true, because in New York, even though there was prejudice, there was not the mandated segregation that you found in the South. So I was completely raised in a integrated neighborhood. I went to integrated schools. I went to integrated uh, social affairs. I went to uh, integrated movies, all that type of thing. And uh, the transportation system was all integrated. Uh, when I got to the Mason-Dixon line when I was going into the service, and that was uh, that imaginary the line that crossed uh, Washington, D.C., that was where segregation was enforced by law at that time there, where I was sitting with some friends of mine. These were white friends who were living in the neighborhood with me who were going in the service the same time I was, and was headed south the same way I was, and the conductor came back uh, when we got to Washington, D.C., and he pointed to me, and he said, you'll have to go up to the front car. That's the Jim Crow car. So the fellows I was with, you know, they weren't familiar with this, and says, well, that's okay, Harry, we'll go up with you. So he says, oh, no. He says, you have to stay back here. That car up front there is for the colored people, and that was my... Uh, first experience with uh, with Jim Crow and enforced segregation, and of course I lived under those forced segregation uh, rules all the time that I was in the service. And when we come back, we'll continue with this remarkable life story, the story of Colonel Harry Stewart here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. We continue with our American stories and the story of Colonel Harry Stewart in his own words, one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen. Let's talk about your time in the service down at Tuskegee Army Airfield, because you described in your piece in the Wall Street Journal that the sky was filled with silvery planes emblazoned with the Army Air Force's star and circle insignia. Now, this gave you great pride, and yet you were living in a country that at least in a good part of the country, most of the country, there was prejudice, but in a good part of the country, the South, there was such deep racial prejudice that you were pushed into a, a separate car. How does one hold together the idea of being prideful about seeing that, that American flag and fighting for your country at the same time that the country isn't recognizing that you're, you're fully human, uh, at least in good parts of the country? Well, two things. First is, uh, that was, that is my country, or that was my country. There's no question about it. I had no other country. The other thing is that I was very well steeped 
in uh, patriotism. I I remember class at the first class in the morning that we'd had. We'd have to stand by the side of our desk there, and there were the blacks in the class, and there the whites in the class, and the Chinese in the class. We were all together with our right hand placed over our hearts, reciting the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Patriotism was inculcated with me. This was the only country that I knew. And number three, of course, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution of the United States, which read a very beautiful document, even though it may not have been lived up to at the time there, but it was something that I, I felt as though was coming that I could aspire towards and sometimes see in the future. You wrote in the Wall Street Journal, you felt you were part of something big, something magnificent. You weren't just learning to fly, you were serving your country, and you were going to fight. And let's talk about that P-51 Mustang, because my goodness, what fun it must have been for a young man to have gear and equipment, an engine and power under the hood that few men in America got to experience, let alone enjoy. Talk about that first experience, seeing those P-51s and getting to fly one. It was quite a thing for a... uh 19-year-old, because uh, I didn't even know how to drive yet. You know, in New York City, you didn't have to. But uh, yes, yes, it was something big, because, you know, these big things were, it, it was in the propaganda that was being espoused throughout the world, you know. This was the war to either bring about the regimen of the Nazi bowers or the freedom and the that we live in the uh, United States here. So it was a big thing, and, you know, there were something like 11 million men and women under arms at that time there, so you were part of a, a big thing, and, uh, you know, bigger than anything that has come up, you know, since then. I started with a very low-powered aircraft, which was uh, similar for all beginning cadets in the Air Corps, no matter where they were, but it started with the uh, PT-17, a bi-wing plane, and after you successfully finished training in that one, you went to a higher-powered train, which was the BT-13, which was one of those that I talk about, emblazoned all-metal barrel ship planes there. Uh, it wasn't until I got overseas that I was introduced to the uh, aircraft that I would fly throughout combat, and that was the P-51 Mustang, which was just an absolute delight. In one picture that I saw one time, movie, the, the Cadillac of the Air. It was quite an aircraft. Now, you flew 43 combat missions with a 332nd fighter group known as the Red Tails. Talk about your commander, because he's a legend, and we're talking about Benjamin O. Davis, Jr. Talk about what it was like to serve under him. Yes, he was a West Pointer, and he was the... Uh, second or third black that ever went to West Point. But when he went to West Point in 1932, there was still the mandatory segregation that they had in the service. So even though he was in a uh, a class of uh, something like close to 400 cadets there, he lived alone because they mandated that there would be no integration as far as concerned. So he had a room to himself, and he ate alone for all four years that he was in West Point. However, with that onus on him, 
he managed to graduate uh, 35th in a class of something like 375. It's spectacular. Uh, it's, it's a remarkable thing. And what a, how far we've come is still how far we have to come, but it's so unimaginable to so many of us yes. living today that we would be sequestered like this at our nation's finest military institution because of the mere color of one's skin. He, he said to you all at your briefings, gentlemen, stay with your bombers. What did that mean, and why did he say that to you? I think it had hidden meanings there, for instance, that the mission of the fighter groups was to protect the bombers. That was their sole mission, to protect the bombers. But however, we had uh, hot dog pilots who were leaving the bombers, uh, trying to uh, get some victories as far as uh, shooting down enemy aircraft were concerned. A lot of pilots could get away with that, and, uh, but can you can imagine what would have happened if this happened to one of the uh, Tuskegee Airmen, and as a result of them hot-dogging it and going after the uh, enemy fighters there to get the uh, glory of the kills there, that a number of bombers got shot down because they uh, lacked the protection yep. of those people that left them. So as a result... The war came to a conclusion, and the 332nd, which now is known as the Tuskegee Airmen, had the best record as far as the safety or loss of the bombers that they escorted were concerned. Uh, we lost the fewest bombers of uh, any of the fighter groups that were over in the 15th Air Force in Italy at the time there, which was quite a feather in our cap. Indeed. And he also said this, and it, it goes to his convictions, uh, and despite how he got treated at West Point, quote, the privileges of being an American belong to those brave enough to fight for them. That's really something to say, given the treatment he'd suffered at West Point, but tells you a lot about his character. Well, you know, and I think that's what made him and made me and made a lot of other black Americans a fully certified citizen of the, of, of the country here with all of the rights and prerogatives and that type of thing there. So, in other words, we earned our keep. Indeed. Let's talk about Easter Sunday, 1945, and you shooting down three German fighters. Uh, talk about that day. We were on a bomber escort mission up into uh, Austria, and the command mentioned to us that uh, at the end of the mission, there might be a segment of us fighters that are uh, released to leave the bombers and go on what's known as a fighter sweep. A fighter sweep being is looking for targets of opportunity. Well, there were seven of us who were designated to uh, leave the bombers. Uh, we were looking for trouble, and we found it. Uh, we ran into a horde of Focke-Wulf 190s. But uh, three of us got uh, shot down. One of the uh, fellows got, got shot down. He uh, Actually, his plane was damaged pretty badly, but he managed to make it back to friendly portion of Yugoslavia. The second pilot I'm thinking of, his name was William Armstrong. Uh, he was killed instantly. And the third pilot was a fellow by the name of Walter Manning from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He had to bail out. And uh, when he landed, he was picked up by uh, a mob of Austrians that took him and put him in the uh, local jailhouse of the uh, nearest town. Uh, a couple of nights later, uh, a mob formed again, 
and they broke into the jail and dragged Walter out, and they uh, lynched him from a uh, local lamppost out in the street there. And you've been listening to Colonel Harry Stewart, and he's one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen. Talk about some storytelling, folks. We're lucky to hear voices like this. It's why we do this show, so you can hear stories like this, and stories like this can be honored and remembered. When we come back, we're going to continue with remarkable American life, Colonel Harry Stewart's life, his story, here on Our American Stories. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we continue with our American stories and we return to the story of Colonel Harry Stewart in his own words. When we last left off, Harry was in a dogfight over the skies of Europe and three of his fellow pilots had been shot down. Just returning now to the, the, the three plane, the German fighters you shot down, uh, you received the Distinguished Flying Cross for that. Um, talk about that in, in terms of this fighter sweep that you did. This was happening at the same time that these other three fellows got shot down, but what had happening is that I had got in a, in a good position. I, I don't think that the uh, two of these uh, Focke-Wulf uh, aircraft, uh, German aircraft, saw me, and uh, I pulled up behind them, and I, I, I hit both of them with the uh, 50 calibers that I had, and uh, pieces came off of the plane there and that type of thing. But at the same time, or just after that, I saw these tracers coming by me, and I looked back, and there was this German aircraft on my tail. And I was sure that I had it because he was in a position where, you know, you would say he just can't miss, you know. So I, I went into a very steep dive with the aircraft, and I pulled all sorts of maneuvers to try to get away or out of the uh, gun sight of this German aircraft there. And I, I pulled a steep turn very, very close to the ground there. And evidently, the pilot who was behind me there, the German pilot, lost control of his plane and hit what they would call a high-speed stall. But he went into the ground. When I got back to the uh, base there, the intelligence officer said, well, you get credit for that aircraft just as if you shot him down. So that's where I got the three from, and that's how I got the DFC. And uh, actually, as far as shooting down is concerned, I shot down two planes, but I got credit for a third one, which uh, they said would not have happened had not I been in combat with the plane there. So they gave me credit for it. That's a great story. And, and you called winning the war... A double V. What, what did you mean by winning the double V? We had that victory overseas there, but we also had a victory of proving ourselves that we also were combatants who did a lot to uh, win the war there and that we, we paid our dues there. So it was a victory on both sides as far as our investment in this country is concerned and in regards to the racial discrimination that we had there. But... Uh, we proved ourselves, and that was the uh, part that we meant by the double victory. And that proving ourselves has uh, even turned out to be greater as time has gone on and as we've gone into this new century here and more recognition has been given to the uh, Tuskegee Airmen because, well, before getting out of the service, and it was in 1949, General Vandenberg, who was the chief general of the uh, Air Force at the time, they had decided he would resurrect a game that was in the Air Corps before World War II, and that was a game similar to what we call today Top Gun. 
and he dictated that three pilots be sent from each of the fighter groups that were in the continental United States here out to the environs of Las Vegas, Nevada, that's out in the desert there, and compete in a uh, aerial gunnery competition. And this aerial gunnery competition would take place in 1949. It would be the first Top Gun contest, and there would be these 12 fighter groups that would compete, three men representing each of these fighter groups. And uh, at the end of the tournament there, it turned out that the three from the Tuskegee Airmen fighter group turned out to be the uh, winners. And that had to make you proud. Talk about life after the war and your service in the military and beyond. It was the same old, same old as far as the uh, 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 racial uh, uh, attitudes were concerned in the country. Uh, I thought that with my flying time that I had and with the record that I had, I could go ahead and get a job probably flying on the uh, airlines. And uh, I did apply with two airlines and I was rejected because of my race. And uh, they admitted that they weren't prepared to go ahead and take colored or Negro or uh, African-American uh, on as a pilot in a plane. One just dismissed me outright. The other, the personnel officer tried to explain that it wasn't the policy of the company, but if I were to get on the plane and walk into the uh, cockpit, it would disturb the passengers probably. They would probably lose faith uh, in the airline and, and uh, not fly the airline any longer. So it was a, it was a business thing, and uh, that was it. But I decided to go back to school. I had to go back to high school because I never had my uh, high school diploma. I had quit high school in order to go into the service there, and I did make up my credits that I needed for the uh, academic course there, and uh, I was qualified then to go ahead and enter engineering school, which I did, New York University College of Engineering. I got my engineering degree, and uh, after I got my degree, Everything fell in line very well for me. I was uh, hired with no no problem by uh, a number of uh, very prestigious companies and ended up as a vice president of a uh, oil and gas consortium in the United States here and that that was about it. I did I did continue a little bit of flying after that. I belonged to a Tuskegee organization out here, the uh, Tuskegee Airmen Museum who were given some uh, aircraft by the uh, Air Force. And I dusted off my license and requalified myself in these aircraft. They're called motor gliders. And uh, I used to take local kids up in the uh, local neighborhood here and give them an orientation uh, in the area aircraft. They're hoping that someday it might lead them on to uh, getting a good job in the field of aviation, which some of them did. And some of them are uh, pilots on uh, major airlines today. Well, it's a, it's a heck of a story. And my, the story of you volunteering for, this is very dangerous duty, by the way. I'm not sure that most Americans understand that people who volunteered to fly were really taking some of the greatest risks of anybody. My mother's brother didn't qualify to fly, but he qualified to jump out of those planes and the, on, the only son of her father was killed jumping out of those planes uh, a few oh days God. a few days after D-Day. 
But he knew what he was getting into and wanted to do it like so many of the young men did at the time. But talk about the, the, the knowledge of the danger of, of what you were getting into. Uh, because you all knew how dangerous flying planes in combat was, didn't you? Yes, but you know what we were? We were teenagers. And, you know, it's an attitude we have as teenagers or something like that. We're, we're sort of invincible. And bad things happen to other people, you know, that type of thing. So uh, that's why they take these people so young. And then there's that uh, feeling of camaraderie and group belonging and that type of thing. When I used to see the movies that we went to and the heroes in the movies, those guys like like John Wayne and Pat O'Brien and James Cagney and people like that, they made you feel uh, really good uh, in in seeing them uh, as heroes and protecting the country. And you felt the same thing when you went in the service, that uh, you would like to emulate those guys, even though they were in the movies there. You would like to emulate them in uh, in real life, you know. I'm heading for 96 now. I'll be uh, 96 on the uh, 4th of July, and I I feel just fine. Uh, All I can say is that I've had a blessed life. Uh, I I wouldn't change it for anything, and I feel as though I've really left nothing behind. A blessed life indeed. You've been listening to Colonel Harry Stewart, and we're blessed to hear his voice. He's not a character from a movie, folks. This is what a real-life hero sounds like in... The humility with which he told his own story. Well, need we say more? Colonel Harry Stewart's story, here on Our American Story. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we continue with our American stories. And we've heard from Bob Huff before about how he and his bride grew a nursing home and home health care business from six employees to 1,500. And there were some terrific stories along the way. Go to OurAmericanStories.com to hear that. And so many of the American dreamers' stories we tell because it's such a fundamental part of this great country. Now we bring you Bob's latest venture from Sarasota, Florida. So Lynn and I sort of retired. Uh, we were like 65 at that time and had been in the business for over 30 years. And uh, being an entrepreneur and, and being only 65 years of age, I told my wife after about three months, I said, you know what, I, I've, I want to do something else. I'm not done. Didn't know exactly what it was going to be yet. But in the middle of one night, and I was very guilty of waking up with ideas, keeping a legal pad beside me. I woke up about three o'clock in the morning and uh, I thought dogs. I was thinking about Brownie, who was a dog that I had gotten for my son um, after he graduated from college because he was lonely. He was looking for love in the wrong places and he needed a dog. So I got Brownie for him. When I woke up, one morning, I'd written down everything that I was thinking about. Yes, pet resorts, pet resorts, dogs, that's what I need to go into. So at that time, I decided, well, I'm going to start looking and researching this right now. So that's exactly what I did. First, I thought, well, where do you begin? And then I thought, well, 
I, I need to begin looking for software. So I researched software and uh, found a company uh, that I called. And the gentleman I talked to was very helpful. And he said, well, let me you know, suggest to you that you, uh, we have one of our instructors um, who also owns her own company and owns some other pet resorts. Uh, let, let me give you her name. She can probably help you and consult with you during this process. So I called her up and uh, talked to her. I said, I'd like to volunteer to come up and work at your facility so I can learn a little bit more about this industry. Would that be possible? She said, yes, Bob. Her name was Gretchen Meyenberg. That would be very possible. I'd like to have a volunteer. So I went up and I worked for oh, a couple of weeks for her, learning about dog care, training, and the amazement of, you know, 50 dogs going home at one time in the morning between probably 8 and 10 a.m., and how the staff can handle all that. I was looking for land in Sarasota and was able to find a property. There's an old bowling alley. It was my first pet resort, and that opened up 10 years ago. And as I always do, I thought, this is sort of fun. I want to do it again. But I said, I, I'm not to the point where I can afford a big expansion, but what I can afford is maybe a pet salon that would be a, a feeder source for the company that I have. So I did open, I opened a, a pet grooming salon along with a daycare area and uh, had that for about five years. I thought, oh boy, I'm gonna have to do some other things now. I'm gonna have to open up another pet resort and located a trailer park. It had 17 dilapidated trailers that had been closed for a number of years. And it also had about seven acres of property. And I thought, okay, this is it. This is by me. It was not zoned. So I had to go through the zoning property to get that, that business going. So I uh, worked with an architect and I developed a really state-of-the-art resort. Went through a couple general managers. It took us about two and a half years to really get it profitable and going. And then I thought, well, I want to buy another one. I, this is a lot of fun. And uh, was able to get approval from the county. It took me another year and a half to get that project going that we're going to use a mock-up for other facilities that we're developing in the future. So to uh, Fast forward to my life now at 74 and still going, I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna to have to start thinking of transition. And so the best way to transition is to expand. <laughs> and I say that because by expansion, you can afford to hire more management and um, expand your business. And so we are now in the process of moving forward with the development of two pet resorts per year for the next five years is a goal that I have. I have a young man that's working with me that will be um, responsible for that, uh, that development process. We have a relationship with Churches of America, which is an organization, it's a nonprofit organization, it's been around many, many years. And uh, this particular organization provides services, guidance, direction, counseling to returning citizens. It's primarily women who have been incarcerated for and are convicted felons. Met the executive director of that organization and have offered our services, working with them uh, to develop uh, productive members of society from some of their programs that they have. And so we have been working very successfully for the past uh, five years with employees 
who come from Bridges of America. Uh, we don't ask their backgrounds. We want a new beginning for them because they have a special sense of what it means to not be loved and what it means to be loved with no bars attached. We can forgive and forget and move on with our lives. We have a lady that was our very first pet pal that we had received from the program. This has been five or six years. Kim started with us. Don't know exactly what her background is, but she just wanted, uh, wanted a job, wanted to, to be able to provide and live independently. She had completed the program. We brought her in. I was very hesitant to do the program and invite in convicted felons, but what a blessing it's been to the staff. Kim has provided so much encouragement and so much guidance uh, to our young staff who have come in. She shares her story. She's not embarrassed with her story. And uh, it's helped so many of our uh, teenagers that we have hired to hear what Kim has done with her life and what her life has been like, which she shares with them. And she's very respected by the staff. Kim came with nothing, nothing whatsoever. Got out of the program with nothing whatsoever. And through employment with us, she was finally able to get uh, housing. However, she did not have transportation and she had to walk uh, three and a half miles one way to and from work. And she was never late for work. And uh, the staff realized this after she had been with us about seven or eight months. And they knew that she was walking. And for Christmas, unbeknownst to anyone, they did this without my knowledge or any management knowledge whatsoever. But they all chipped in money for Christmas for Kim, and they bought her a bicycle. And it may not seem like much, but to Kim, uh, brought her to tears. And for our staff, it brought them to tears that they could do something for someone else, and Kim could do something for them. So it's been a wonderful blessing. Kim has been promoted uh, several times over the years, and now she is a, a manager of our back area uh, with providing full service care and guidance and direction to our staff and care to our pets. And she's done a, a wonderful job. So uh, our philosophy has been that we want the door, we want the dog's tails wagging and coming. And when I really think about it, I guess that's true with all the people and all the staff that we have working there. We want them to have pride. I want them to be happy when they come in the door in the morning and when they leave in the afternoon. And I think that with most of our staff, we've been able to accomplish that. And this is a driving force behind what we're doing to move forward in the future and see what the Lord has in plan for the future and what other organizations and what other opportunities are going to be available to each and every one of our family members we have for staff and for each of the clients that we have coming through the doors. They know when they come through the doors, their pets are always so excited to come in. A couple of them have jumped out the window uh, to get into a daycare. They know that they're in a loving environment because you can feel it as soon as you're at the door. You can feel it, we can feel it, but the dogs feel it too. So we do have those tails wagging, going and coming through our doors. And a great job on the production by Robbie and a special thanks to Bob Huff for sharing this remarkable story. He retired at the age of 65 and only three months later retired 
from retirement. And of course, a dream comes to him and he's got a pad by his side because that's what entrepreneurs do, especially serial entrepreneurs, people who just can't help themselves. They've got to start a business. And look at the value he creates all around him from hiring people to providing a service for the dogs and giving an opportunity to a convicted felon. Sometimes it's as simple as starting a business and doing good in your neighborhood. The story of Bob Huff, the story of his entrepreneurship, and so much more here on Our American Stories. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.